ready. What's going on, everyone? This is the one, the only, the ever so handsome, the <laughs> the amazing Wes Martinez from the TWL podcast, aka the Today Well Lived podcast, coming at you from East Hollywood, California, NIA. And we have my co-host, the one and only. Drew Garcia. Sorry, I thought you were going to introduce me there for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this starting to sound real good. And then there was this pause, and I was like, oh, that means I have to talk now. This is the talking part. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is about about your intros is they get a little bit more hyped up every time. Like This is like the affirmation podcast. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I hope people, I don't think I've ever said this and I guess people don't understand my sense of humor sometimes, but like, I obviously don't really believe what I just said. Like, it's all in fun, you know, like just hyping myself up when clearly I'm not as amazing as I say as I am. So, or like when I say handsome, I'm being sarcastic. I think I'm handsome, but I don't. I don't think I'm that confident. Your mom says you are. Yeah, my mom says, and Rocky, my dog, thinks I'm handsome. Um, but anyway. Little disclosure there. This is all fun and games. I don't, uh, I hope you guys don't think I'm actually a douchebag. <laughs> well, there's a lot of counter, uh, there's a lot of evidence against your case there. <laughs> 34 episodes <laughs> worth of evidence. <laughs> 35 today. 35. This is a 35th episode. Yes, our pa- podcast, if those were in years, our podcast should have a couple of kids. Uh, one dog, a golden retriever, should have a house with a white picket fence. Why is it always got to be a white picket fence? It could be a brown, brown picket, picket fence. fence. <laughs> um, because if it's a brown picket fence, it's probably a neighborhood that's being gentrified. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. This this neighborhood could use a little gentrification, by the uh, way. I like it the way it is. Really? Yeah. I like a little rough. Like, I like uh, I like neighborhoods that are rough around the edges. Uh-huh. Um, keeps keeps me close to my roots yeah <laughs> um so yeah but drew what is the today well lived podcast well in a world where people are fat <laughs> <laughs> there's a show called the today well lived podcast that chronicles the 2018 journeys of two average joes trying to uh, get the skill to stop lying to them and telling them they're over, they're uh, so fat. Yeah, all the time. I keep buying new scales because I feel like they're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Promise you, they're not. Yeah, I'm starting to believe it. Uh, yeah. So that's what our show's about. Is essentially just two guys that got together to try to make uh, better versions of themselves by uh, stopping the shoveling of carbohydrates and other bad foods into their gullets. Yeah. Um. That is exactly it. And, you know, we're constantly switching things up on y'all because every now and then we'll have a guest. We've had a guest for the last four weeks. This week is different. We don't have a guest. So we're back to normal. And we could lie to you and say we really wanted to give you a break. Yeah. And just have you go back to Coke original. Yeah. (laughs) But the reality is Wes failed us and couldn't find a, a decent guest to come on. I did. Well... We noticed a pattern. <laughs> yes, it's we'll see. Two dudes 
uh, co-hosting this podcast. And then our guests have all been male. Yeah. So, so we took it upon ourselves to try to get a female guest on just to get a female perspective and to, you know, uh, be, you know, it's not like we're not inclusive. I just think, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where, like, we just have. We're male. both pathetic and yeah. we don't know enough women. Know to. <laughs> I was trying to dance around that, but thank you. That's what it is. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I just couldn't. I had a couple of uh, female friends that were interested, but we couldn't make the schedules work. Um, so yeah, and I'm, I've done had it with testosterone up in this room. We yeah. need some estrogen in here to tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's all right. It'll be nice to catch up. Yeah, like man. it'll be nice for you and I to just, uh, yeah, just kind of catch up. I'm like what's cooking yeah it really has been um you know the the last uh four weeks have been great for sure i i I love the conversations that we've gotten to have with these uh with these four guys it's really even even though like so for example the last two guys were my my personal friends yeah and i got to see a side of them that i had never seen or or uh, hear parts of their of their story or their life that i just didn't know about Mm -hmm. right and so I'm I'm sure they've they felt the same way because they've been listening because the one of the things that they say is that it's interesting to listen to a podcast because you start to get to know somebody in a way that you never have before, right? Just because you just can't spend the total amount of time or even when you're speaking to somebody else, right? So I might carry on with Wes very differently than I do, say, Miguel or yeah. or uh, Luis, right? So it's been an interesting uh, experiment. And I'm looking forward to more of these conversations, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll uh, continue to book guests, but I think it's nice to have a gap every now and then, just kind of catch up and see what's happening. And I think we spend a lot of time on our guests, which is what we should be doing. It's not. I'm not like complaining, but it's nice to have this like one-on-one where we just chat about our personal lives because you know we usually just kind of go right into our st- or we usually like talk to the guests then we go into her stuff and then we're out so yeah it'll be nice yeah man uh, so um right off the bat and i know this this might be um may not be the place and time to do this but um i really wanted to send out my condolences to the mccain family i oh, am yeah. not i am not a conservative mm-hmm. but after looking at that man's life and his his career and service and um some of the things that he did um he said it perfectly when he stood up for President Obama, then candidate Obama, when he said, that is a good and decent man. I just happen to have disagreements with him. Um, that's that's actually just sums it up perfectly because that guy, I don't, I didn't agree with everything that that man wanted to do is in terms of uh, policy. Mm-hmm. But he was a good and decent man. Um, and I think, especially in the climate we are today, is... Uh, is a mo- is is somebody to be to be modeled and i'm i'm really sad for his family that they 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 lost him today or sorry two days ago and so you being from the state of arizona probably know a little bit more about them um but i i just wanted to take a take a beat to say hey yeah sorry to hear you about your loss yeah that's exactly uh yeah man i mean you know it's it's difficult because coming from arizona like uh mccain's been a you know, been a senator there for God knows how long or was for God knows how long. And, uh, I agree with you. I'm not a conservative. I actually lean left, but, uh, you know, despite that, 
I always had a lot of respect for McCain. Like we obviously, I obviously interacted a lot more with like his policies, not necessarily with him directly, but his policies because I lived in Arizona. Uh-huh. And despite the fact that like, I didn't agree with a lot of things. Like I know his intentions were pure and that he was trying to do the best thing. And he didn't always do or say the best things, uh, especially earlier in his career. He had a couple of racist remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I want. I don't want to just like pretend like didn't happen, but you know, um, we're all human and it sucks. And I don't condone racism at all. You know, uh, I don't like, I don't, uh, you know, I, I have zero tolerance for racism. Um, and so, yeah. So, but with that said, I think he did a lot of great things. He's a kind of conservative, uh, politician that I would respect Im- that I respect immensely or respected immensely um, in comparison to what is considered a Republican today. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I wouldn't have mind having dinner with. It would have been really interesting right. to sit down and have a beer with that guy. Yeah. Speaking of beer, yeah, he was like, uh, I don't think he, but his wife, his wife. was like a major um, ownership of the biggest distributor in, in Arizona. Arizona for yeah, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, Hensley, so... Yeah, she owns a big majority of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and they're looking to cash out. They're looking to sell. Oh, really? To AB. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me see how much. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> a little short. I'm a little short. <laughs> they, they, they're they state statewide now, uh, Hensley. This is totally boring beer conversation for those of you listening, but just real quick. They're statewide now. They used to be like just in the Phoenix area, which is really like 75 to 80% of the business anyway. So... Excuse me. They bought out distributors that did AB products throughout the rest of the state. So now they do the insti- the entire state, and the and the speculation is that they're they're like building to sell, basically. Uh, yeah. So a little inside baseball there. AB stands for Anheuser Busch. Yes. Right? Exactly. Because um, they're they're one of the big they're the big dog, right? But um, anyhow, so what else is going on in this week that that was interesting and noteworthy for you? Um, uh, let's see a lot of, a uh, big shakeup at work. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big shakeup. What's going on there? Um, my boss got fired. No. Yeah. The guy, <laughs> the guy I met. Uh, yeah. Wait, did you meet him? I, I think I had a Skype call with him. I, I, so oh, yes. full he disclosure, had I had a, call. I had an interview with, with, with his company and then yeah. they, 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 uh, they rejected me like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like a fat boy at the <laughs> um, <laughs> like a yeah. fat boy trying to get on a roller coaster he didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. fit on. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy actually. Yeah. Um yeah, no, he uh yeah, he got let go. Oh, I'm sorry week. to hear that. Yeah, it sucks. Um I liked him a lot. Uh it's a bummer, man. So I don't know, you know, there's kind of a big shake up uh two director level people were let go mm-hmm. the head of marketing and the head of sales which is my boss Oof. so um so yeah there's kind of a shake up there and things are moving in different directions so there's there's anytime there's change you know there it's nerve-wracking and uh you know friday i was stressing all day and uh and you know i'm still it's still in the back of my mind and I'm still like thinking about it um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a stressful next few months to be honest. Cause like, I'm going to take a, on a lot more responsibility, which that's not the problem as it is more, uh, 
you know, just just the way things are going to be structured, I think is, is going to it's going to require a lot more of, of my attention. And on top of that, I manage uh, six, seven people. So, yeah, a lot going on at work for me, man. So um, it's 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 good, though, like right now, you know, if you're looking, you know, five feet away, it's like shit, this sucks. Like it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. But if you're looking at 100 yards, you're like, oh, I see where we're going. And sure. it's a good thing. Like we're building a massive uh, brewery in the sense that like uh, we're we're really we're being aggressive and the money's there to you know invest so so yeah so you know i'm caught up right in the middle i mean i'm i'm literally one of two sa- uh sale head of sales basically so it's uh it's me and the other guy um so i think we're going to have to split up some of the duties that the guy got let go so i don't think they're going to try to fill that position so yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more for my counterpart because he's up in Northern California, and that's you know ninety percent of our business. Yeah, you know, so huh. I feel for him. Yeah, well, I'm starting to hear that. Uh, it's always it's always sad when somebody uh, loses their job. I I, I can relate. Um, <laughs> and um, I hope the best for him, and and hopefully um, it'll be a positive in the long yeah. run, right? Yeah. Yeah, because perspective, time, time, and space changes everything yeah. right so perspectives can change right like i you know when i was i don't know 18 19 years old i got kicked out of school right yeah and at the time because i just didn't have a whole lot of life experience it seemed like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me yeah at the time and then i look back and i'm like thinking what was the big deal yeah exactly. what, what was i crying about i literally would like sat there crying oh wow like boo you know dragging my tears <laughs> Um, because there was a lot of pressure on me to, at, at that time uh, from my family. And to be honest, it probably wasn't from my family. It was just perceived right. perceived pressure to to do something like that, right? And when I when it failed, I, I when I failed it just it felt terrible. But I can look back now and say that had that not had happened, I wouldn't have met some of the most amazing people that I ended up meeting because I because I had to struggle. Mm-hmm. I got kicked out. I bounced around for a few years. I, I made a couple of attempts at going back to school that were fruitless, right? Yeah. I, and it just messed with my confidence at the time. In the meantime, I was working in the tech industry, and I was doing really well in that in that sense, right? I was making yeah. very good money. But then I um, I had this, like, like, this albatross hanging over me that was saying, you know, you started something... And you didn't finish it. And I felt like this, I felt like not having my degree was like not being in a club. Yeah. Right. And so that, that stuck with me for a long time. And then I had a conversation with a cousin of mine, uh, who was going to a community college and invited me to her graduation. Mm. And it was that moment at that moment, that time seeing her walk across the stage and having and that conversation I had with her that she said, you really need to come here and you really need to um, just be her. Yeah. I signed up for school, started school the next day. And it took a couple semesters, but then it was just like, boom, it clicked and worked my way back into into um, a good GPA because I had a terrible GPA when yeah. I got kicked out of school. Uh, ended up at a great university. And I was just having this conversation with somebody that 
you know, where I went to school is a prestigious school and it was a lot of fun, but the things that mattered there were the people I met there. Mm. Right. Yeah. The, the school itself was, it was good. It was good. Would I choose that school again? Maybe not. I probably would have chosen a smaller school. Right, because I did feel a little lost once I got there because it's such a massive, yeah, massive institution. I, I, I used to sit in a class. I literally sat in a class that had a 500-seat capacity, right? And I was assigned to that class. But there was another classroom where they would project the image of that classroom, right, the, the professor, into another 500-seat auditorium. Wow. And there was people that were assigned to that class. Like, they couldn't go. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to sneak into the other section. You had to go to the section you were, you know, so there was a thousand students in that class. I can't even remember what it was. Wow. And I remember thinking, looking around and people were like, they were definitely not paying attention. And so that was really hard for me because I had come for the community college I had come from. It was really small. Yeah. 20, 30, 20, people. 30 people at the maximum. Um, so I probably wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't choose to do that again, but I would choose to meet all those people again. So it's a, it's a double edged sword and, and, um, and so those experiences, like I, I would never give back. Yeah. Right. I would never give back. So now, when I look back at that experience, that you know, at one point was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Yeah. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, because it humbled me. Right. It, it showed me how to 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 pick myself up when you fall, and to build to build back up, and to know that there's, there's not. Um, when you fall, it doesn't mean you get to get to stay down. It doesn't mean it's over. There's always an opportunity to redeem yourself and to build something for yourself, and then and then end up having in a better being in a better situation. Yeah, it's not you know you wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I I love the fact that I have I'm able to tell that story now. Right, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, that makes me think of my uh, education, and it was similar, but um. I think back then I was a little, not ashamed, but you know, being at a university is like the cool thing. And uh, sure, what I did to to stay focused and to graduate and the whole nine yards is I went back and forth between university and community college. But mm-hmm. I did it for several reasons. One of them being that I wanted to pay less, um, and I felt like I needed more attention because I'm. I'm not a school person, man, to be honest. Like, I uh, I hated school, and I maybe not hated. I loved being at school to be with friends. Uh, hands-on was cool. I think it's more homework that I hated because, like, I would get lost, and I'd be like, I don't understand. Um, and so that, that was really difficult for me. Um, and so going to school at a large university, you know, 72,000 students, you know, everything is an audit. The first two years is auditorium classes, like all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one gives a shit if you show up. Or yeah, not. That's you the, know what I mean? That's the hard part because exactly. you, you're really there on your, on your own accord. And for, for a person like me, I have to be there cause I, I have, a, I struggled with the reading material. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what I did is I'm sure California has the same thing, but we had like a transfer with community college where like you could transfer directly into that university. So like, you could take psychology 101 and it's the exact same class that they teach at uh, the public universities like uh-huh. ASU, U of A, NIU. So you're taking the same class only you're taking it for the fraction for a fraction of the cost and with way less students. Um, so that's what I did. 
So I didn't necessarily tech on paper. I went to school full time, but really I only did like two or three classes per semester, but I went year round. So I did terms in the summer. I did terms in the winter and then I did um, the regular semesters. So I don't know how it is at Berkeley, but at Arizona state, it's, you know, spring semester, fall semester, and then there's summer courses and then there's uh, winter courses. Um, I know some colleges do like blocks, like mm -hmm. two or three month blocks, but over there it was by semester, more traditional or old school, if you will. But that was hard for me to do four classes in, uh, in one semester, man. That, that was a lot of work for me because it was a lot of homework. So I did like two or three classes, but then summer school I would do, you know, one or two class. And the same thing in winter. Uh, it just kept me more focused because I was able to like do a whole semester worth in six weeks. And it was the same amount of work, but it was all fresh. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. We'd have a quiz like every week and our midterm was three weeks into it. So everything was fresh for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, so anyway, that's, that's, that's if I, if, or when I have kids, I'm going to highly like encourage them to do that to like, don't be ashamed of going to a community college. Like, you well, know. I think that's the thing is that we grew up in an era, right? You and I are, are what? Five years, seven years. Apart, yeah. Right. Um, but we both grew up in an era where, there was a big stigma on going to community college. Yeah. Like I, I used to listen to the Adam Carolla show and then the Adam Carolla podcast. And, and he used to shit on, on community colleges left and right, because I'm sure when he grew up, we grew up, right. Cause that guy's probably in his fifties, but it's not there anymore. Yeah. Right now it's the smart thing to do. Yeah. Right. Like now that's like the hack, the right. education hack. Yeah. That like all the millennials, like my, my, my nephews and nieces are going through and they're like, yeah, why would I pay full price for right. this? <laughs> when I can, uh, you know, save a ton of money yeah, and then, you know, spend maybe three years after that, um, you know, really in the, in the coursework that, 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 that matters to them. Right. Right. And so it, you know, things like, again, perspective, perspectives change. And in California, so the way the system works in California, same thing. You have, um, community colleges, all your, all your classes are supposed to be college level mm -hmm. to the same standards. Right. So they're, they're one in the same technically. Yeah. Um, and they should ma they matriculate over. So the game is you take as many units as you ca you basically max out your units at the community mm -hmm. college, then you transfer right, right? Uh, to to save money, and then it gives you a lot a lot of flexibility in yeah. those last two to three years that you're going to spend at a four year university. Yeah. And in California, they they built that program out way in advance of what what was needed because the original the original uh, school system here was the University of California, which was Berkeley. And Davis, Davis and, and Berkeley used to be the same school and then they split it up, but then th they made the LA campus, right? UCLA. Mm -hmm. And, and then they started building up and, but Berkeley initially started as a, um, a college built to teach like farmers mm. and science, you know, scientists, because here's the thing, California population blew up because of the gold rush. Right. Right. So you had people leaving the Midwest, the East coast everywhere in between the, the planes to come make it rich. So suddenly you have all these people here that are trying to, that were farmers, that were these uh, people that, that were in tradition, ranchers, traditional trades, who gave that all up to come mine for gold, Yeah. right? So within a generation, those skills that had been built up over, over probably generations were lost. Yeah. So they were literally having to show people, okay, you didn't make it in the gold rush, Right. You, you, you suck. You suck or you got here too late. 
uh, now your kids don't know how to do nothing other than, yeah. than mine in, the, in a river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to teach them. You're going to go to college to learn how to farm. And yeah. that's really how the school started was to teach. It was almost like a trade school. Wow. And then over time they realized, okay, we, well, we're kind of growing past that. Um, the university of California system was meant, was later designated to be like the more like research scientific things, the things that they are today. Mm -hmm. They created the Cal state system to, to train more practical jobs. Um, say teachers, say, um, accountants, stuff like that stuff that would be is more, um, they're, they're still professionals, but they're not necessarily research based. Right. Yeah. And then the junior, junior community college system was to, was, was designed to build up vocational and to build a, a stepping stone into those other two institutions. Gotcha. And so, um, and they built that all out way in advance of the actual population that was here, which is really interesting because they don't do stuff like that no more. And you know what they have now too, is they have, a God, what is it called? It's basically... It's not work study, but they have bachelor's degrees now where if you skipped school or college and you went straight into the workforce and you're like a businessman, let's say, like, yeah. let's say you're, you own three restaurants, sure. but you never got a degree. There are colleges out there now, legitimate colleges where, uh, where you could go back and actually like test out of, uh, classes. Yeah. I see that. Th I see those commercials now. Yeah, uh, where they're advertising that. There are some illegitimate schools, sure. and then there are some like legit schools. Like I think like the University of Texas uh -huh. does it. There's like some schools out there that are legit that are actually they're more like test market, if you will, where like yeah, everyone's kind of letting them do it to see if it works, and if it does, everyone's probably gonna jump right. on board. But uh, but yeah, I mean honestly, I think that's smart. To be quite honest, like you know, coming from like where I come from, like if there's one thing I learned from school was discipline, which mm -hmm. wasn't taught in school. It was like the act of going to school and the act of doing the homework. Like every, I learned a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I don't use it in my day to day. Like I'm not thinking back, like, uh, let me think about segmentation of demographics and you know what I mean? Like it definitely works in the industry that I'm in, but it's not, it's not something that I'm applying on a regular basis, but you know what I am applying on a regular basis is discipline to get up in the morning, go to work, especially when I work from home. Uh, a lot of people think that's a cush job and it can be, don't get me wrong, but it also takes a lot of discipline to not be distracted by your dog, by going to the store, by watching TV, by YouTube. going on Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, exactly. <laughs> Um, so it takes a lot of discipline, man. And like, you know, in retrospect, that's one of the big things for me. It's like, Oh yeah. Like it's all about discipline. And so I don't know. I feel like if, if you never went to college and you worked your ass off and you know, you own a business now and you decided you want to go back to school, uh, you should be able to test out of things that you already know. Like the, this, you know, uh, uh, this, uh, per, this person that owns three restaurants probably knows a shit ton about accounting. You know what I mean? So why should you have to go through the basics of accounting again? You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely in, in areas where it's practical knowledge. Like, is this literally a skill set that you already have? Like, for example, if you already know how to use Adobe Premiere. Right. If you're if you're working in the industry, what are they going to teach you that you don't already know? Like, maybe a shortcut that, that's there yeah. that you just never discovered on your own. Right. Um, what are you going to learn in a university uh um, environment that you can't pick up on YouTube in that in that certain yeah. in that specific skill set, right? Exactly. Um, but 
there's the other side because a lot of those so you know you mentioned the the, the term legitimate colleges right yeah and the reason that we can say that is because a lot of these what quote-unquote vocational colleges um market themselves as universities just like say like like if there's no difference between what they're teaching and right. what they're teaching down at the University of Southern California. Yeah. It's a huge difference, right? Um and the thing they'll always say is like why why spend your time learning things that are you're not going to be in you know in your job. And I get that perspective, but at the same time, how do you know what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? The the vast majority of people that go to school and get a four-year degree mm-hmm. almost never do what they what they what they uh majored right. in, right? Because you here's what happens, right? In case you ever, if you're if you're an audience member, thinking about going to school or your kids are going to school, is most from my experience. This is anecdotal. Most people that I know finished out their majors because they were like, "Well, it's too late to change now. I'm almost done." Yeah. Right. I'm interested in this now, but uh, you know, I'm almost done, so I'm just going to finish it out. Might and, as well. Yeah. Or you get out of college like I did. And you end up going and getting a job that's not that's semi related to your field, and then it completely changes, and now all of a sudden you're a salesperson. Yeah. Right. I I entered the uh, sales force working for Coors Light, thinking that it was just going to be a rock star job. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be hanging out with hot women, drinking beers, yeah. <laughs> just like school. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it was true for a little bit, and then yeah. they were like, "Hey, guess what? We're going to make you a sales rep now, huh? Yeah. What are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. What are you talking about? Yeah. Sales rep. And boom sink or swim and then it became one of the things I'm passionate about I love I love the industry yeah but it would it never would have crossed my mind as a student that that was ever going to be a thing yeah right? same here same here I thought like when I when I started my in, when I started in the industry I was more of a brand ambassador slash promotion coordinator so I was like in charge of all the corona mm-hmm. promotions yeah and Modelo but back then Modelo was non-existent <laughs> Um, not what it is. As soon today. as you left, it blew up. Yeah, they were like, "Oh God, finally!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I started out that way where I was doing all the promos and like booking the spokesmodels and all that stuff. And same dude like you, I was like, "Oh, this will be great! I have a company card and I get to book all the spokesmodels. I get to hang out with beautiful women." So much fun. And after a while, they're like, oh, yeah, you did good. Now you get to be a sales rep. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, if I'm good, then why are you moving me? They're like, because that's the way it works. Because you, you're not Hugh Hefner, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As much as you want to believe yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah, man. But uh, before we keep going into the subject, I recently heard on NPR, which was really kind of cool, but also, I don't know, like, not strange, but I was just like, what the fuck? It's, uh, Arizona State is building a campus in downtown L.A. Oh, really? A satellite campus? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't... Yeah. They're really moving quick, man. They took over downtown Phoenix in a way that you wouldn't imagine. Like, hmm. when I was in school there, they literally had, like, three classrooms in downtown LA, and it was, like, their... I forgot what... I think it was, like, their technology... It was, like, a specific technology mm-hmm. department. It wasn't technology as a whole, but it was, like, a specific technology thing. And uh, and then they also had the East Valley one, and that was agriculture. Yeah. And, like, uh, I think, like, aerodynamics or some shit, because it was right next to an Air Force base. And, uh, and, you know, just as I go back over the years, like, that campus has taken over, like, downtown L.A. Like, that that's arguably... Downtown Phoenix. Downtown Phoenix, yeah. yeah. That's arguably becoming, like, their biggest campus. And they had to, though, because they outgrew their Tempe campus. They, you know, because... They don't have more land. Like there was, 
housing all around it mm -hmm. so you can't grow uh outwards you got to grow up you know like get mm -hmm. buildings which they have been doing but there are a lot of historic buildings there too so they can't just knock them down or add a third story or whatever so uh, they're finding themselves having to expand out, so that's what they did in downtown Phoenix. They essentially gentrified downtown Phoenix, is is what ASU did, and then, uh, and so now they're moving into downtown LA, and apparently they're, which this part makes sense, is that they're moving their TV, film, and like, uh, and I think fashion departments to downtown LA. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So when I was there in January, remember I was there in January in, yeah. in downtown Phoenix. Um, I had that moment where I'm like, am I on a, am I on a college campus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was walking through downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of this, it, this thing surrounds, this is kind of integrated into this whole city. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely see what you're going. So yeah, they're, they're building a footprint. UC Berkeley does the same thing. They have satellite campuses, but they're relatively small. Mm. Um, though, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever sat in a job. Um, and this is, this is a sign of the times, right? I sent a job interview one time and I people, somebody was looking at my resume and they like he straight out asked me he goes did you really attend or were you in one of those online online university degree programs <laughs> and at the time I was able to say as a matter of fact sir University of California does not offer an online degree right and at yeah. the time that was true I don't know if it's true now I doubt it yeah. because I feel like probably not but yeah. at the time that was like oh no yeah that is not Berkeley will not do that cuz Berkeley's a very um, staunchly uh, old school school yeah. for what you know as progressive as that school can be and some would argue that they're not very progressive lately right yeah. but um, they uh, they that was one of like the whole I think they're one of the holdouts so mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see what where they're at on that in that on that's that interesting point. yeah Arizona State is the opposite they're just like fucking keep feeding students yeah. and they have this huge online uh like you want to send us money from 100 miles away yeah sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah well because i've seen signs around la for arizona state like yeah. online programs and i'm like damn that's crazy they're becoming the university of phoenix if you will yeah um but <laughs> now you know they're building a campus out here which is interesting i'm kind of interested to see if there'll be any perks to alumni yeah, there might be. You never know. Yeah. Um, if, if for nothing else, to get mentioned on a extremely successful podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, but I wanted to go back to the, what you were saying earlier, and I, I'll say this over and over again because, you know, I want to I make sure that we take a moment to pause is that I, I think now more than any time, uh, first of all, in my opinion, and, and you might differ on this, is that my degree is not as valuable as my brother's degree was in 1989, right? Right. It's just, it's almost like it's high school now in a way. Right. You almost have to have a master's and oh, a doctorate sure. to get to have that same impact that mm -hmm. somebody in 1987, 89 would have had like my brother, right? Yeah. Also, he was much more brilliant than me, so I can't <laughs> it's not just a degree, right? Um, but um um the other thing is if you know I I know tons of parents that that's all they can think about is like, oh, my you know, I'm going to get my kid into college and I don't think they ever stop to to wonder, does your kid even want to go to college because it may not be for him. Right. Yeah. College. I think now more than any time, college isn't necessarily a mandatory thing because people people can have great lives without ever stepping it uh, on, on campus. Right. Um, and she should really, really, if you're a parent, if you're a student, if you're being pressured into going, really take a beat because it's not easy. And and, yeah. and, and my point here is because of this. When you I've, I've had this conversation several times, but 
Um, if you're doing it to make your parents happy or to make somebody else happy, say your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, your husband, you got to want it for yourself. Just like everything right. else, you have to want it for yourself because you can't want it bad enough to stay up when you're up at two in the morning, three in the morning, writing a paper mm-hmm. that you don't care about, right. that you have no interest in. Only you can get yourself through that. You can't mm-hmm. want it for somebody. Somebody yeah. else can't want it bad enough for you. Right. And that's, and that's the thing that I've seen over and over again. When somebody figures out what they want to do and the path is through college, right? Because there's different kinds of students. There's people that like just love to learn. They're gonna you put them in any situation and they're gonna figure out yeah. how to win the game, right? Right. There's people that are like, I have I wanna be a teacher, right? I wanna yeah. be a music teacher. I have to get a degree in music. I have to go through a university. So now because I have a because I know where the target is, I have a you know, I I know where to hit it and I have to go through here. So I'm going to go this, through this experience. I'm going to have as good a time as I can on the way. Yeah. Right. So you got to figure out that that on your own. But um, if you're a parent out there, don't push your kids yeah. to do something that you want for them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. And my brother did a really good job at that. The My oldest brother, he has two that are in college right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had that conversation before the first one went to college. I, I asked him, I was like, so what's up, man? Like, what's up with your kid? Like, are you trying to send him off to college or like, what's, what's, what, what are your expectations of him? And he was like, you know, he's like, I've been thinking about it for the last few years. And like, he was like, at first me and my wife were really like all on board to be like, you have to go to school. Like right. you have to go to college. He's like, but you know, the more and more I think about it, like, I don't want to put that pressure on him. Like it's his life at the end of the day. If he doesn't want to go to school, like mm-hmm. whatever, I have to learn to like, live with whatever his decisions are um and i thought that was really smart not just because he's my brother but i'm like man you know that that's actually really smart i didn't even think about it that way but uh but yeah he was like what i did offer to him was that look as long as you're uh if you're in school and you're doing good in school you do not have to pay rent you do you do not have to pay for food i'll provide you with a car um so all you need to do is uh, yeah. pay your school and you have to work for that. He's like, and I guess he did offer them to like, look, I'll help you pay your school, but you have to like have some sort of like uh, skin in the game. Sure. It's not just committing to school. It's also like you have to go out and get a job. And mm-hmm. luckily what happened is my my two nephews actually have both had uh, have had, I think my the, the one that went to college first, he's on his third year, I think, and he's had a full ride the whole time because he uh, he plays soccer. And, uh, and so there's the second one. It's his freshman year, and he got a full ride to play uh, at a community college. Um, so, so far, he's like, okay, cool. Like, that's just a huge win for me personally. <laughs> he's like, because that means I don't have to pay for their college. I do pay for them to stay at my place. Actually, the oldest lives with his girlfriend now, but Mm -hmm. you know he's like he's on his own for that. You know what I mean? So he's really putting putting a lot of accountability and responsibility on them because he's like, that's just the way life is, man. Like you know, Mm -hmm. like I need to learn. Uh, He's he did he did you know like admit that he's like that. It it hurts a little bit because like you don't want you for the last eighteen years you've taken care of them, so it's like you almost want them to depend on you more, you know, or continue to depend on you. And there's something like some sort of satisfaction, some personal satisfaction that is not helping them. But to you, it's like, yeah, I want my kids to depend, depend on me. And, uh, and he's like, I just, we had to come to terms with the fact that like they, we got to let them spread their wings, you know, you gotta let them fall. Yeah. Too, right. So, 
um two 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 guys that had no kids right yeah exactly talking about how to parent yeah no this is all coming from my brother by the way yeah third party perspective (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so you know going back to what i was saying earlier um yeah don't force your kids to do it especially don't force your kids to do it because you think they're going to get because you want them to get good jobs yeah if you're going to force them to do it right force them to do it because you know the experience is going to be amazing you, mm-hmm. you know that there might meet some people there that are that they'll never meet just like I did yeah um, otherwise um, and just to have and and for anything to have an open mind about the world that's yeah. that's why that the schools force you to take courses and subjects you don't care about right because you don't know if you don't care about it until you until you're Do sitting it. in there yeah. right yeah. sitting there you know learning about you know I, I won't even go into it because yeah. there's tons of there's tons of classes but um I took uh, Native American studies, and I nothing personal against Native Americans. I just didn't care, and I was yeah. young and dumb. I was like, "Oh, why? Why does that? That doesn't matter. Like, whatever. I don't. I don't care." Uh-huh. And so I had a few options to take, uh, you know, different multicultural studies, and I was like, "I'm just gonna go with Native. What? I don't care about any of yeah. this. So I'm just gonna do Native American st- studies." And afterwards. I was so glad that I did. I don't remember shit, to be honest. Yeah. Because uh, this was more than 10 years ago. Uh, shit. Wow. Fif- 15 years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Damn. Yeah. All, so um, I, I took an art uh, class at community college, and I remember thinking, I God, I'm going to hate this. Yeah. I'm going to hate this so much. Yeah. And they forced us to go to the Getty. Oh, wow. Right? And then we had to learn about some of the stuff before going in. And I remember walking into this room, and there was like a at least a 30 foot tall painting that I was like, I've seen this in a picture. I didn't realize it was huge. Yeah. And then you walk in, it's like the colors are so vibrant. I can't believe it. Like I remember <laughs> just staring at it. Like, is that, a, it couldn't be a TV. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. like, this is too big to be a TV. Yeah. I mean, those colors were just un- incredible. I couldn't believe it. And, th- and then to think how old it was. Right. right? Cause it was like a 200 year old painting. And I'm right. thinking, I have the perspective of having seen jumbotrons. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody 200 years ago seeing this yeah. and being like, "Oh my god." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, man, that's, that's And yet and yet I'm still awestruck by it, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's pretty nuts, man. Yeah, so yeah, I think you're right about that. Like I don't remember anything about Native American studies to be honest. I'm sure if I really really started thinking about it, I would start yeah. to remember certain things, but like I what I do remember being is like being like oh this is actually really interesting this is really yeah. cool and like you know so yeah so yeah. I mean really what college is right and hate to break it to to pe- most people is it's not a, it's not a me- that degree is not a measure of how smart you are right right especially undergrad I can't speak for masters but I just after going through the process knowing many people that have degrees and thinking hmm definitely not a measure of your 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 intelligence it's a measure of how disciplined you are right because what are they really teaching you they're teaching you to show up get things done there's projects there's deadlines and there's nobody there and it's the first time that there's nobody there holding your hand to do it right that's the big difference between high school and college and that uh, that was for me the biggest transition because in high school i was that that kid who was um, had all his teachers in his back pocket and got away with murder. Right? <laughs> That's so fucking cool. And then you go to college and they're like, oh, you think you're special? <laughs> you thought you were special? You think you're going to come in here? What's your number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your number? What's your ID number? Yeah. No, I feel you, man. Um, yeah, that's interesting, though, man. Uh, I definitely don't. There's certain things I miss about school and then a lot of things that I don't. So I, I've thought about, 
I've had the occasional thought about going back to school for like an MBA, but the reality is that I don't, in my career, where I'm at right now as a professional, that's probably about as far as, as, as I want to get. The, the next logical step would be to start my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to go back to school, it would make sense to do like functional stuff like accounting and right. stuff like that just so you know yeah what's involved right yeah but you know so at the same time i don't have a a high interest of starting a business that has a lot of um overhead or like uh i don't want to i i i it makes me uh gag at the idea of having a a business where i where i'm responsible for 150 people like i want something where I could make a quarter of a million dollars and manage two or three people or four people. And you know what I mean? That, sure. that sounds ideal to me. Um, I say this now, but I don't have a lot of interest in making millions and millions of dollars. Like I do like that idea, but the work that it takes to make that kind of money, it, it doesn't really uh, balance. It doesn't, the payoff is not there. Like I don't, I don't have the desire to do that. I'd rather make, six figures live a comfortable life and then be able to do shit like this like yeah. a podcast and go out for coffee and not you know fucking be stressed yeah. out you know yeah i mean don't get me wrong if six figure job came uh seven figure job came along it'd be it'd be hard to pass up right but uh <laughs> yeah i think i think you're right because just having been a manager for two years of 50 people um an in, an unreplaceable experience but at the same time made me figure out that like wow i don't know if i was getting paid enough yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i was um just dealing with 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 50 personalities and they're all different and they're all different and you know you you can't approach them the same right you can come say for example you have a person when you come on and them hard and they'll respond to something like that yeah you come down hard on somebody else and they're looking you know they're looking for another job they're down at their their therapist they're thinking that they're getting fired and yeah yeah um i mean it's and at the end of the day you're you're just a you're just a dude you don't want to you don't i mean some people are built for wanting to be a manager and like i just want to be in charge and i just want to get the job done yeah (laughs) Yes. It'd be cool if you could, if you, it'd be, you know, that the office space, it'd be, it'd be great if you could just not be a problem for me <laughs> yeah. and just do your job. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. I'm uh, I actually don't like managing people. Um, and that's 70 to 75% of my job is managing people and I yeah. don't like it. Um, I think I'm lucky in that I got to build my own team mm-hmm. and I hired people that I want to work with and that, uh, I know have the experience and I know are going to get shit done. So I don't have to like hold everyone's hands all the time. There's still a lot of mistakes that they make and, and I purposely let them make them so that they can learn from them. So mm-hmm. I'm not like holding their hands. So I'm like, don't do this, don't do that. But you know, it does suck. There is also a lot of benefits. It's, it's great to understand how to like understanding people's psychology and the way they think. And you're right. Everyone has a different personality. So you got to approach everyone differently and, also, you learn to. This may <laughs> this may sound shitty, but you learn to detach yourself in a way that is beneficial because now you can have hard conversations without 
feeling like you're attacking someone or you're being attacked, you know? Yeah, there's certain there's a certain maturity that, that that's required. Yeah. In that, right? Cuz I can tell you one time I <laughs> Um, I had a supervisor who, who oversaw my team as well. Right. So they, there was me and then there was a guy above me and yeah. he had a, he had a, a, a deliverable that was due every week, but he was very lax on when it would come in, but he would constantly remind these guys one yeah. day he went on vacation and he said, Hey, I need you to collect this document from everybody. And having seen that, um, having seen that document come in over and, and I just frankly was cause I get copy on all the, all the emails like, Hey, where is it? Where is it? And it was always like the same five guys. Right. Yeah. And I sent them a message. And I said, Hey, listen, this is due on Tuesday at four o'clock or whatever time it was. If it's not in, I am going, you know, I've got direction from my boss to write, to write you guys up. Right? Yeah. And so I told them and I told them a day in advance. I told them the day in the morning. Right. So I was out instead of sending the emails afterwards, I sent the emails like three or four emails before, like just letting you know, I haven't seen, you know, everybody else turned it in. You guys are kind of the holdouts and sure enough that time came around an hour later. I writ, you know, I had them, I already had it ready to go. I knew they weren't going to turn it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was funny because three of them called me, all of them called me upset. Right? Yeah. Three of them called me. I go, Hey man, I, I warned you. I told yeah. you this is what was going to happen yeah. <laughs> in advance. Yeah. And I was very detached. I'm like, look, it's not, I'm not angry at you. This is just the consequence. You did something as a consequence, right? Uh, it's, it's designed to make you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So three of them were fine, but the other two, they took it so personal Wes. They took it so personal that they, they lodged a complaint with my boss and my boss's boss about <laughs> me writing them up. And we literally sat on the phone. I'm like, let me get this straight. You want me to get in trouble because you didn't turn something in, even though there was ample. Because you didn't meet a deadline. Because you didn't meet a deadline. Like, how is this? Why are we having this conversation? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, but the worst part was that my boss was kind of taking their side over it. He's like, ah, you're, you're, you're too strict. And I go, I go, this is why you have to email them (laughs) over and over again. I go, how about this? Compromise. Uh, you do whatever you want with them. Don't copy me on those emails anymore because yeah, they don't care. Right? Exactly. Like, they don't care. Like they're going to turn it in late. And so it was funny how three of them, they, they saw, they saw their, they, they were upset, but they saw their, they like, yeah, it's my fault. Yeah. But the other two were just, and that's the kind of stuff that would bother me. Yeah. That makes me not ever want to be a manager. Again. Yeah. Is that me or are you getting a call? Uh, it's not me. That's you. That's that phone over there. Oh, Jesus. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I don't know how to hang this up. Hit the side button twice. I did. What is it? It's somebody FaceTiming me. Anyway. Uh, Sorry about (laughs) that. Put them on. Yeah, I know. No, you don't want to hear it from... How do you hang up this... Oh, there it is. All right. Sorry about that, folks. 